Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 48, Fetch and Librarians. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and Jessica's Jessica's Day Day of of Fun. Fun. Uh, Hello, Jessica. Hello, Rosie. I call you from Studio... 54 at this point. I don't know what number it is. Studio 54. In my new new room. So this is what I've done in the last two weeks. Totally moved house. Awesome. When I say totally, I mean a bit for a while. But <laughs> Slightly. You've slightly moved I've slightly moved house. Partially. Yes, so I call from the new room. And I mean, the best thing about this place is... Well, no, there are many good things about this place. We'll talk about the Virgin Media Box in a moment. The broadband is spot on let me tell you it's not quite as good as campus where i downloaded top hat to iplayer in a minute and a half well that's amazing but it's speedy let me tell you so i think this is going to be a bit better i've got my headset next time you'll have your headset oh like we're in a call center well i was about to say i have investigated working from home jobs and they're all telemarketing (laughs) and they give you your own equipment but i'm already set i'm going to start my own telemarketing business i've got a telly in my room and we played a brilliant game called where does this cable go and we found that this house has cable cable like virgin media like in the 90s when people had satellite or cable which is just not a distinction that gets made anymore it's cable and it comes in through one bit of the house and then we played a game following where the wires go because the wires are on the outside of the wall and they're going round door frames and then one goes under a radiator and i thought it turned no they comes out again it pops into the television and then there's another wire that goes out the back of the living room up outside of the house and into my bedroom window and i thought well this is great there are two virgin media boxes i'll plug in in my room and then we realized that having done that we followed it back down and the one that goes all the way outside of the house d- doesn't connect to anything <laughs> there's just a big wire i think it's possibly meant to have uh, empty tin cans on each end. Oh yeah, that could be it. It sounds like the telephone wires in my house. No, they're not attached to anything. <laughs> like all over the hall, and yeah. like running through holes drilled in walls into the into the next room, and all the way around door frames. It's like a fun game. Why are they there? We just don't know. Like a little ma- maze for a mouse or something. So that's that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. I wish I were a highbrow person, but I cannot tell you how much I love telly. <laughs> I think you could tell us. <laughs> well, I w- I have at least. Not so before. Um, what I'm going to do this summer is watch all of Frasier. So what I did this weekend was watch all of Dollhouse because that was about to go off Netflix. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't manage to get that one done. Well, I mean, it is good, but it is insane. So this is a two-season program by Joss Whedon. He didn't do so much of the writing, but it, it's um it's conceived by Joss Whedon of Buffy Firefly. So obviously we are primed to like it. Shay, Rosie, and Jessica. And they did two seasons of 13 episodes each, but they had a plan for five years. And so the second season kind of has four seasons worth of plot in 13 episodes. Right, right. And considering, you know, not even in a 22 episode season, in a 13 episode season, I didn't start as soon as I found out it was going off Netflix. And then there were two days where I didn't watch any, so I ended up watching uh, 11 on Saturday. That's, that's too much. And this was 11 of the series where they have all of the stuff packed in. And I described it as being a bit like on a, a roller coaster 
to the future or like I'd been on four roller coasters. It was like in quick succession because, you know, if you think about a series which has its pacing and its plotting and its ups and its downs, well, imagine four of those in about a 10, ten hour block. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's about people who are, they live in a thing called the doll's, the dollhouse where they are imprinted with different personalities and kind of be rented out for purposes and then they don't remember what happened. They get wiped when they go back into the house. Right. And it's pretty good, but it's uh, it starts off kind of like Alias with a kind of wig of the week activity, like, where's she going this week? Who's she going to be? And then it becomes this big conspiracy thing. And yeah, then the second series happens and it's really weird. And the final episode of the first series was never aired. It was done to make up their 13 episode. And that's set way in the future. And is like, oh, by the way, the apocalypse happens. And so then you watch the series two. And a few people had said, don't watch the end of that 13th episode of series one until you've seen all but the last episode of series two. But I didn't listen to them. So I just kept watching. And it does kind of... I then didn't want to watch series two because it's so... It was just so depressing. Oh, all this terrible stuff happens to people you love. I really like Joss Whedon, but he is famous for... Just as you think someone's going to have a nice time punching you in the face. Yeah. There were so many shots of the kind of Joss Whedon, uh, you know, Willow and Tara scene where somebody gets shot, but you only see it because they're talk- the person they're talking to gets blood splatter all over their face. And it's... Shirt. Yeah, exactly. But it mainly faces. They've moved on from shirts. I know. It's okay, Jessica. It is okay. Tara's... Right. Tara's only just turned up. I'm working my way through... Obviously, I've... You know, having just that means it. you've just watched Hush. I've seen Hush. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. It's a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it is really funny. And it I... is incredibly funny. And also, I didn't find the gentleman very scary, to be honest. I was 17. You were younger. Um, also, I realised that that's the face I used to pull at you to frighten you when you were little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it now. Yeah, I'm doing um, it now too. I think I would probably be okay if I watched it now. What I didn't like was the weird goon things with the like the spinny. Oh. No, the um, return to Oz. Yeah, I found them more upsetting than the um, gentleman in a way. They were they were a little creepy though, and they were kind of because they'd sort of pop up from behind windows and stuff. No. Occasionally, kind of go. Bleh. So yeah, I thought it was very good. I thought it was really funny. Yes, so yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm working my way through Buffy. I've made it into season four. Um, oh, tough going. It is. I'm going to be kind and say odd. Well, this means that you're doing better than I do. Adam's turned up. Yes. Like human, demon, monster, robot hybrid. But was the prosthetics budget of a late 90s, like mid-budget TV show. Yes. So you've now seen more Buffy than I have, because despite the fact that Buffy was like my teen show, not seen season three, not seen season four. Season three is really good. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I just I'm enjoying it, but it's it's strange. Um, and Faith has just returned, so um, that's the Eliza Dishku link back to Joel's house. And the thing about season four is Spike does become a main character. Well, that's the thing. Yes, I meant to text you the other day to say Oz is gone, and then the the following episode say Spike's made it to the credits. She begged for her life. <laughs> oh, um, Spike! Miss Edith needs her tea. Bloody Miss Edith. <laughs> she's the worst character on Buffy Miss Edith yeah so I am I am really enjoying the presence of Spike he's, he's purely comic relief at the moment right speaking of quite good no really good TV like sci-fi magical stuff sublime meet ridiculous so I have access to Virgin Media which means I have access to the sci-fi channel which means I have access to a television program called The Librarians <laughs> Which I is so a, want to watch this. 
Oh, it's so, so very bad. About ten years ago, maybe, there were a couple of TV movies starring Noah Weil off of ER. And they were called The Librarian whatever. And he was playing this part. And now there's a spin-off TV series, which he's not actually in. Or he wasn't in the episode I saw. I think he's possibly in the pilot and maybe kind of pops up every so often. He was definitely in the uh, trailers we watched. Yeah. I think, from watching one episode, that the premise is that they're like these librarians in some kind of private library of old old books, and there's the old dude, the sort of sceptical, fighty, blonde leader lady, sarcastic Asian man, geeky, excitable young woman, and some other dude. Uh, Beefcake, I think. (laughs) I don't know. The one I saw, they've also, I think they've got a magic portal and they'd all turned up on a Saturday and then they all went through the door and ended up in a high school at a science fair where it turned out that the science teacher, about 40 minutes in, she was Morgan Le Fay. And the students were all doing witchcraft on each other using an app. Excellent. And it was really, really bad. And a, a boy got turned to stone. And it's so poor. And it doesn't make any sense because they go back into the library portal and Morgan Le Fay, the science teacher, has gone through. And they're like, oh no, be careful of her. She's very evil and powerful and has been living for thousands of years. But for some reason, is hiding out as a mild man, a science teacher. <laughs> I've obviously put it on series link. Of course. I'm going to watch all of it. That and Hoarders. Mm-mm-mm. Amazing. Is that the US? I'm not watching it yet. I'm just racking but... up the episodes. Okay, okay, you know, great. Yes, my life mainly revolves around when do I get to next have a hot drink and what will I record on television today? That sounds exciting. I have a cup of tea right now and I'm not watching Pioneer Woman so I can talk to you. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. That's all right, it's food network, it will be around again. Despite the fact we said, oh, we've not really done much because it's only two weeks since we've recorded, I've moved house and I've been on holiday. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Did you go on holiday, Rosie? I went for a nice weekend in Abergavenny. Good. What were you doing? Knitting and drinking tea with my friend Mavis. And what did you knit? Or shall we save that for Oh, save it. save it. Save it. Yeah, I went up for a weekend in Abergavenny. It was delightful. We went Good. round the church where they have a thing called the Jesse, which is the oldest wooden statue, your big Jesse. It's a big Jesse. It, I, I think it's the name of the man that it is. Um, I wasn't really paying attention. And then we went to the tithe barn next door and they have a millennium tapestry that 60 women in Abergavenny made it's got all the mountains of Abergavenny surrounding it there's one called the Blorange and then they've got scenes from Abergavenny and they've got a big tapestry Jesse <laughs> and a famous show jumper and then we went round the little exhibition and there was a game you could play of the Christian year and at one point I got to move five spaces forward because I led a donkey into church to represent Jesus coming into Jerusalem <laughs> <laughs> in the board game, not really. That oh, is too much. They frown on that if you try and do it in actual real life. I've heard. And we went to oh, we went to this brilliant cafe called the Fig Tree, which is run by the daughter of my friend Mavis's next door neighbour. It was so good. And what was good about it was the cake selection was really on point. But it wasn't just this is a really nice Victoria sponge and a lemon drizzle and a coffee and walnut. I yep. had a blueberry and white chocolate cake. There was a hobnob inspired slice thing. There was like a whiskey marmalade thing. So they were all re- like really nice and really interesting rather than just being really nice examples of some sort of standard cake fare. And I had a really great soup. I love soup. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> what fine pronouncements. I just, I really like it. Well, you know, we could do our top five soups at some point. Yes, we could. We've done biscuits, we've done sandwiches, we've done kitchen appliances. We've done cake. We've done cake. Soup. Soup next time. Okay. Spoiler alert. Top five. And... Five soups. soups. Also, while I was in Abergavenny, I watched the Lego movie. I'm sorry I watched it without you. 
I know, I saw your tweet, I was outraged. Oh, it was really good fun. Mavis has a projector, so she plugged her laptop in and we broadcast it on the wall. Oh, that's cool. To make up for it, the next night I showed her Populaire. <gasps> I love Populaire. I like the Lego movie very much, and I will happily watch it again with you. So, telly, moving, holiday, movie. My song! Okay, my song this week is one that I discovered in an episode of Chuck just after um, he and Sarah, oh, and kind of his mother, spoiler alert, blew up his childhood home. Mine's from Telly as well. Oh, good. And his mum's Sarah Connor. It's called One October Song by a guy called Nico Stay. Nico Stay, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, S T A I. And it's, um, yeah, it's a lovely song. Lovely. It was either going to be that or I think I love you by David Cassidy because one of the girls at work was singing it yesterday but didn't know what it was. So I went home and googled the lyrics that she had sung at me and it came up with David Cassidy, the Partridge family. I was like, oh, I can't believe you've made me watch this on YouTube. And now it's incredibly catchy and stuck in everyone's head. Okay, so I'm glad you didn't do that. Fives! Top fives. Well, we have three elements of inspiration for this week's top five. Number one, while I was in Abergavenny, Film 4 Life tweeted the film clueless but we didn't have a telly so i wasn't watching clueless but i was thinking about it number two jessica watched 10 things i hate about you yeah i did i sort of live tweeted it except i sort of just tweeted lines from it and despite the fact we've not seen it the film beyond clueless a documentary about teen films is out this week listeners may remember that i went to a talk featuring charlie line lynn charlie whatever his name is the director of the film at the introductory talk to the bfi's teen movie scene so, we thought we'd do our top five teen movies. It's an even-numbered show. So it's your turn to go first. Yes, it is. I wonder how much overlap we're going to have. I think we have two. On the actual five. Yeah, I think we'll have two as well. My top five did not go in the direction I thought it would. Teen movies, you think, are going to be more of the style of my first two, but then you can bring in a lot. I did read the Wikipedia list of teen movies, and there were some where it's like, mm, just because they feature teenagers does not make them a teen movie. Yeah, I, I sort of had that. I thought the main characters need to be teenagers. Yeah. Except for one of them, but I will explain that. Possibly set in a school. Yes. And also the target audience needs to be teenagers. Yes. The kind of film that 15-year-old girls will go to in a group. Yes, exactly. Number one. Number one. Number one. I'm going to go in solid clueless. Obviously. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming that's on your top five. Uh, duh. As if. As if it wouldn't be. I think that's probably the best teen film. Yeah. It's based on a literary classic, but it handles it very well and you don't need to know anything about Emma. No, you don't. I think Cher is more likeable than Emma as well. Yeah, Emma's... Oh, what a bore. It's quotable, funny, great fashion, great music. I just love it. I like the way it's dated as well because it was made in 1995 and some of the jokes I don't really realise are jokes, like the fact that she and uh, Dion are talking to each other on their cell phones between class and that was put in as a joke because what a ridiculous thing for teenagers to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's standard. Clueless, great. Oh, number two, Mean Girls. Mean Girls is kind of the last teen movie of that, the Renaissance. Yes, yes, it was. I agree. And it's written by Tina Fey, and it's got Amy Poehler in it, who at first I didn't know who she was. Now, obviously, it's Leslie Knope. I love Amy Poehler. I just love it. And it's got La Lohan, you know, being a sensible human being, so... On one of her um, upswings. <laughs> one, of the, one of the peaks of her career. Hang in there, Linz! She's on the way up at that point. She's not quite crested the, uh, the top of the peak down into a trough. She's on the up at the moment. Apparently, the speed the plough went very well. Uh, she's sober and living in London. So am I! But, <laughs> you know, you don't see me being interviewed at The Guardian. Do you get a parade? Number three. Right. Well, now, mm, I don't think you're going to agree that this is a teen film. Okay, okay, go, go. But it, the clip was used at the intro talk i went to 
It features a teenager and is all about a school. Right, tick. The film is Rushmore by Wes Anderson. Yep, yep. Which I don't think... Well, no, I think 15-year-olds probably do watch it, but I think 15-year-olds who watch Rushmore are insufferable people. (laughs) If you are 15 years old and you really like Wes Anderson, I don't want to know you. And I love Wes Anderson, but you should not be watching it when you're 15. Yeah, I think for me, uh, though it does fill all the categories... It's not a teen film. It's two of the categories because it's not aimed at teenagers necessarily although it does have a good soundtrack and i think that is also one of the criteria that is a criteria I'd like to add that in yes criteria for a good teen movie it needs to have a decent soundtrack and it needs to start well it needs to come in with a really good song possibly bright colors um as as the opening credits roll well surely rushmore starts with a good song it ends with a brilliant song that's what i'm saying it does it actually ticks three of the four criteria that we've just invented and it's got a montage that i love in it I love a montage. Oh my god. It's not a makeover montage, but it's one of the extracurricular things that Max... Oh, God, I love Rushmore. Number four. Number four. Do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, I set him up. Again, I don't know if it's really... Like, it's not a... It's not a teen film in the way the first two are. Yeah. But yeah. it's about a teenager. It's set in a school. I yep. watched it when I was a teenager. Yep. It's got really good music. Good soundtrack. It's got a really good opening because it's done as the animation. Yes quotable funny yes quotable needs to be another one so clueless uh as if i totally paused rolling with my homies mean girls quotes for for you glenn coco maybe now she is rolling with her homies you go glenn coco oh my god karen you can't just ask people why they're white oh my god don't i love your work there are many rushmore quotes but i can't remember a single one i save latin what did you ever do juno uh you know hamburger phones and number five heathers Ah, yeah, I nearly put that in. Well, I nearly put it in my honourable mentions, but I didn't on the, for one very simple reason. In my Netflix queue, haven't actually seen it. Because that is the anti-John Hughes, and yeah. it's very dark and very funny and yeah. great hair from Winona. I have a lot of comments on John Hughes, which I think might come up later. Okay. Jessica, your top five. Number one, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, great. I mean, that's a classic. Set in the school... Stars teenagers, infinitely quotable, and it opens with the white stripes. That ticks yeah. all the boxes. I like the fact that there's there's a plot, but nothing really happens, but loads of stuff happens. Much like life. Can I say any more? I don't think so. Number two, Clueless. Yeah. So we've covered that. It's just, it's brilliant. I love Dion's hats. Dion has some amazing hats. And it has Turkleton in it. Yes, it does. Right. Number three, Ten Things I Hate About You. I didn't put this in because I knew you would. And also based on literary work. Again, set in a school, it's main characters are teenagers, aimed at teenagers, infinitely quotable, and an amazing soundtrack. In fact, I think one of my favourite soundtracks, I think it's one that's stood up best of that sort of genre, and it's good throughout. You know how quite often you get a film soundtrack, and there are about four songs that are really good, and then there are a couple that you're like, oh, I'm not bothered by this one, this is weird, or when was this even playing? But no, Ten Things I Hate About You is just so good. Heath Ledger running across the bleachers. It's best bit. And Jessica, do you know who's in 10 Things I Hate About You? Why? It's the actor, Andrew Keegan. Yay, you got his name right. I nearly tweeted last week, hey guys, I'm watching 10 Things I Hate About You with podcast, whatever the opposite of favourite that isn't enemy, anti-favourite Andrew Keegan. Did you know that Andrew Keegan has started his own religion? (laughs) Yes, you tweeted it at me, you sent me a link. Called Full Circle, which utilises healing crystals and colon cleanses to expand consciousness and create a spiritual and social revolution. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh... It's definitely not a cult. Definitely not a cult. 
Maybe we should hold off on the hello, my name is Andrew Keegan. How can I help you, Badgers, until we're just we're sure that he's not going to end up in prison? Yeah. Right. Uh, number four. Number four. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, who doesn't like that? It's excellent for a start. It tells you right in the title. It's excellent and it's an adventure. And it features Bill and Ted. It features Bill and Ted. High school, teenagers, soundtrack, yep. so crates. History, it's educational, you learn stuff. For example, I learned that you should never leave Genghis Khan alone in a sporting goods store because he makes a mess. On a side note, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is one of my favourite movie endings of all time. Well, I don't like Bogus Journey because I don't like Station. I think it's weird. <laughs> I really uh, find it gross. What I'm trying to say is, I hate Station. I hate it. I hate its weird mole deformed thing. It looks like a mole had sex with the Teletubby. Even when it's two little stations and they're a bit cute, a big station is ugly. Yeah, but, okay, no, yeah. I'll go for the stations. And they're quite funny. The stations are funny. I actually feel really bad for saying I hate Station. <laughs> I feel really cruel. <laughs> Announcement comes remorse, therefore you don't really mean it. Yeah. And no. he's like so handy with um The Robo Bill and Ted. Yes, he builds Robo Bill and Ted. So, you know. In an emergency, he's your guy. You shouldn't judge people on appearance. What is a bogey Lowenstein? <laughs> Number five. Number five. Number five is alive. Five by five. Bring it on. Also starring Eliza Dushku. Oh my god, I didn't even mean that one. Full circle, third base. Do you think she'd sponsor this episode? Um, I hope not, because I've tweeted something not very complimentary about her acting skills, and somebody who obviously has Elijah Dishku as an alert on Twitter was very rude to me. <laughs> oh dear. Someone loves Eliza Dishku. High school, teenagers, excellent soundtrack. Cheerleading. Woo. Those aren't spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. <laughs> I once requested that in the willow. <laughs> Did they play it? Yep. Did we do that dance? Yes, we did. Yes, you did. Yeah, I love Bring It On. I might watch that today. I like watching elaborate cheerleading routines, it turns out, because I like the stunting. I really wish Hellcats was on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. Honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Okay. I would like to confront the spectre of John Hughes. That's not a comment about him being dead. It's about his oeuvre. Right, his oeuvre. I have an honourable mention, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, yes, I have that also. Which is the best... John Hughes film. And I added in Breakfast Club after we were talking about it. I'm not, I, I've only seen it once, I can't remember if I... Well, well, I watched it about four weeks after starting university and was like, this is great, I love it. Oh my god. I watched it in like year nine in an RE lesson because our RE teacher liked it and thought it would be a good film for us to watch. In year nine? It must. If I was doing RE, I would have been in year nine. A bit saucy. I wonder if actually we were all technically old enough to be watching that. It's probably 15. Well, I rewatched it a couple of months ago and let me tell you, the Breakfast Club is not a good film. I don't think it would be. It has... What's the weird makeover with Ali Sheedy? Yeah, and she looks really dreadful. She's like this odd goth character and then she of gets really... she was cool because she was Ali Sheedy and then at the end she's got like a top and no eyeliner on. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's just awful people being really, really awful to each other. Using some offensive terms for homosexual people just every two seconds. Throwing lunch meat at things. I, I worry for people who think that The Breakfast Club is a thing to base one's life on. And I think that is a shame about why Pitch Perfect, which isn't a teen film because it's a college film, it fits all of it apart from the fact that it's at like college. That has a weird reverence for The Breakfast Club. The the simple minds bit and the bit where he punches it, that's fine. But I just watched it and I was like, right, okay, these are just terrible, 
uh, why do I care? And I also watched, yeah, 16 Candles. I mean, I know it was the 80s, but I've seen other films from the 80s which don't make me go, oh, the politics of this, let me tell you. Like, it's just awful. Dreadful, like, to women. There's an Asian character where a gong rings every time he enters. Oh, yeah. I think I've managed to block that from my mind. Oh, it's so bad. 16 Candles comes under the heading of, well, I got through it. Yeah. I can't imagine that anyone would watch those films if it weren't for people who saw them the first time around saying they were good. No 15-year-old would be like, yeah, I'm going to see this. They would only see it because you go, oh, it's a teen classic. And I don't know whether they'd even enjoy I don't enjoy it. I just feel like I should, but I don't know. Rubbish. Breakfast Club is, is not on the honourable mentions list anymore. However, the chain of restaurants that shares its name, highly recommended. Yeah, they can carry on. They can just they can just keep on keeping on. That's fine. Yeah. So Ferris Bueller. He can stay. I've got Submarine, which is like a British teen film. So that's oh, a sneaky yes. one. Is that the Richard Ayoade? Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Wild Child starring Emma Roberts. Oh, I'd forgotten that. That's good fun. <laughs> Actually, it was Kate's Vomit. I was just lying in it. Election. I have not seen that one. Is it good? Yeah, it's more about the Matthew Broderick character, but it's Reese Witherspoon running for student council. Right. And she's kind of a sociopath. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Not really about high school, but teen and person dance and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Now. That's entertaining. I saw listed as a high school movie and I wondered whether you would know this. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Interesting. I'd like your thoughts. Well, I'm going to have to say no, because the main characters are not teenagers, because they're 28 and it's their high school reunion. Although it does have flashbacks, but they're not a big enough portion of the film. They are flashbacks within a later narrative. But do you think that in terms of the audience, it's a similar audience to people who are watching Clueless or Mean Girls? Do you think you have to be older to watch it? I think it probably is a similar audience maybe a couple of, couple of years later because I think it benefits from the nostalgia of remembering your school years. I mean, what it mostly benefits from is the presence of a spontaneous choreographed dance routine. Of course. But yeah, I, I suspect that the audience is slightly older for that one. Not that it can't be enjoyed by a younger audience. And I thought we just want an opportunity to mention Romeo and Michelle. I haven't used the phrase spontaneous choreographed dance routine yet this episode. Now, now I've got it in twice, so that's good. Honourable mentions for you? Yes, um, I have. Uh, I put in Back to the Future. It's not a high school movie at all. It doesn't quite, for me, like tick all the boxes for a teen movie, but it is my favourite film, and it is about a teenager, and he does go to school at some point, and it's fine. Uh, so I, it's in there as an honourable mention. I really like Drive Me Crazy, which is, is daft, but it's funny. And that ticks all the boxes. Empire Records is good. Oh, I've not seen that. That's in my Netflix queue. Yep, that's entertaining. I watched that a couple of weeks ago. Whip It. Yeah. Which we've covered many times on the podcast before, and is awesome. And I've put Never Been Kissed. I was worried you weren't going to mention that. That was my one that needs explaining, because technically the main character is 25, but she's pretending to be 17. So I was like, oh, does this count? Well, yeah, it does, because its its audience is it's, it's aimed at squarely at a teen audience. And a lot of the other characters are 17, and it's set in a school. So for all intents and purposes, she is one of them. Except really, she's a newspaper reporter with hilarious consequences. I like High School Musical. That's why I, at the beginning, I offered the sort of criteria that the that the audience has to be the same age as the characters, because High School Musical is about teenagers, but its audience is younger. It's aimed at children, tweens. Like it's not really aimed at sixteen-year-olds, is it? Even though the characters are, I think it's aimed more at twelve-year-olds. Well, it was aimed at this sixteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I suspect we didn't watch it in exactly the same way. I don't think we should dwell too much on the audience, given that we watch all of these films quite regularly. Oh yeah, it's for, it has to be you know about teenagers that's being watched by teenagers. How old are you, Jessica? <laughs> 
What's your song, Rosie? My song is also from a television programme I was watching. It's from an episode of Dollhouse, uh-huh. where Victor accidentally gets imprinted with the mind of a college girl while he's out and about and he goes to a club and he dances to the song Remedy by Little Boots, which I recognised but didn't know what it was and I listened to it loads. And I don't know why I didn't really hear it much when it first came out in 2009 because that was at my peak disco scene. Jessica, do you have a snack? I do. It's Tottenham cake, which is like... Normal cake, but with pink icing. Well, yeah. I mean, I suspect the usual recipe for the actual cake bit is slightly different, but I just did normal cake. You do it like a tray bake, and then it's got pink icing. And usually the the icing is coloured pink with... The blood of my enemies. Probably not, because it was made by Quakers. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody loads of enemies, those Quakers. Stealing all their oats. Yeah, so it's like just a tray bake cake with pink icing. Um, And it's... It's, it looks really familiar. It's the kind of thing that they used to serve at school at break time. Oh, bit you, custard. Did you have those? Yeah, I'd have had that no, at break. I wouldn't have custard at break time. No, but now I'm thinking about the tray bacon, like spun, chocolate sponge and chocolate custard. Chocolate, chocolate cake and chocolate custard, and you smush it together into a kind of blech, and then you eat it. Now, what makes me think that that must be the worst texture in the world. But when I was eight, that was brilliant. Neil Lamford! Neil Lamford. Well, I've done loads of knitting. Amazing. I've done none. The roles reverse. Firstly, I'd like to say about the knitting shop I went to in Abergavenny. Yes, do tell, do tell. There's a place called The Woolcroft, which is very nice. And turns out my friend Mavis knows all of the shopkeepers in all of her favourite shops, and it was absolutely delightful. And this is where she'd bought me the Stella Jack Adrafil stripey stuff. Oh, that you I make mittens from? I went in there, and I have in fact made another pair of the Camp Out Fingerless mitts to send to a friend, which I have finished in the last few days. They're not great. They're a bit dodge. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they work. But they're stuck with them now. Yeah. Well, I haven't posted them yet, but I will. And then I've been doing another knitting project where I've been making a cardigan. I've been doing raglan increases, which I've never done before, and I love that. I'm going to spell a nod like I know what that means. So raglan... Means knit from the bottom wag- up? Wagwan. No, no, no. It's where you knit from the top down. From the top down. So with the Cardington... I knew it was a di- directional thing. You cast on the number of stitches you want for the collar, and then you have four points where you're doing the increases to make the sleeves, so then they get bigger. And then yesterday I was doing the button bands, and I hate picking up stitches, but then I realised that everyone, even really experienced knitters, hate picking up stitches. And I made buttonholes that actually work, unlike the buttonholes on the last pattern I did. Amazing. So I've done the button bands and I just need to pick up and do the rest of the sleeves and then it will all be done and I'm going to block it and I've got buttons and it's going to be all finished because the other cardigans I've made I haven't put the buttons on yet but this is um yeah coming along rather nicely awesome it looks really good thank you I'm so pleased with it I like the uh, waste yarn you're using to uh, hold the stitches on the sleeves contrasts really nicely with these stitches on the thank you that's because somebody in our family has stolen all my stitch holders or I've lost them. But I choose to believe the former, because much like guides, it's much more fun to accuse somebody of stealing than say you've lost something. <laughs> uh, so someone stolen my shoes. Have you just put your shoes down somewhere? So that's my needle and fed. But, you know, living alone, don't make any conversations. So I'm listening to a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of knitting. Because I've got to fill the time eating a lot of biscuits. Because last week I finished my um, shawl. I've worn it. It's great. Oh, good. Uh- I don't have much of a needle because I haven't really cast on, although I did attempt to make a new quilt square last week and it's currently sitting in bits on the armchair because I, I sort of started sewing it together and it just took hours. But I did it whilst watching the film. They came together with Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. Mixed reviews, I hear. Yeah, from me also. Okay. It's fine. And there are bits that I laughed out loud at, but there are other bits that you're like, okay, get it. I, from the Fed point of view, I did make um, the uh, chocolate cake. 
and I made, uh, to continue with my theme of attempting to cook properly, I made a kind of moussaka thing. I also made a strudel, which um, was puff pastry, and it had um, marzipan and um, mincemeat and apple. You'd have hated it. <laughs> but I think I put too much marzipan in. I should have halved it, because I just put the, like, I rolled it all out, and I think I could have used about half, but I just sort of thought, well, the block's here, what else am I going to do with it? I'll put it in. Yeah. Oh, my greyhounds, it spread. Oh, dear. Um, it was massive. You know how ciabatta is, is so cool because it looks like a slipper? Yeah. Well, this looked like a surgical boot. <laughs> like, it was massive. Um, I think part of the problem was because I was cooking other things as well, I had the oven a bit too low for that. I should have cooked it higher. I should have cooked it faster, basically. Got it in and woomph and let the pastry cook through because everything else just needed to be sort of hot. I poached a very successful egg. Well done, you. What? How have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Hey. Okay, firstly, I saw a little raccoon. Not in real life, on oh, Twitter. Disappointing. Like that, I found the hedgehog in the middle of the street. Yeah, what? His name was Sid. No, this was just a picture of a little baby raccoon sitting up with its arms folded. Oh yeah, I saw that, it was funny. I'll retweet that. I hadn't really got anything, and then while I was doing a slightly sarcastic tweet this morning from the podcast account, I saw a thing which is treechangedolls.tumblr.com. Yep. Which is where somebody rescues plastic dolls like Bratz dolls and Barbie dolls from uh, what I think they call op shops. Is this in Australia? Yeah, it's in Tasmania. So it's from uh, op shops and tip shops, which are like charity shops. Charity shops and thrift stores, yeah. She does, um, she repaints them. So she takes off all their weird like porn star makeup and stuff and puts on like new faces. And then she, uh, her mum knits clothes for them. And uh-huh. it's really sweet. And they like look all adventurous and like normal humans. And I will, I will put a link up to that, and I think you'd like them, Jessica, because they've got little, like their outfits are really sweet, and their faces are not frightening. I did see one thing. Well, two things. One was the clip of the uh, Partridge family. I'm not putting that on the podcast. But I've mentioned Jimmy Fallon doing the Late Show before, and he had Daniel Radcliffe on a little while ago, who rapped Alphabet. Oh, damn, I can't remember what it's called. When somebody mentioned it to me, I thought it was part of his lip syncing talent contest. Actually, he just finds out that Daniel Radcliffe knows. This entire rap hands me microphone says off you go. Black Alicious's Alphabet Aerobics. That's the one, um, and it's excellent. That's I know, nice. I know this because if you type in Daniel Ra, the first option Google gives you yes, is, is Daniel Radcliffe rapping. That's exactly what I typed in the other day, and I found Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler singing a song about how every ten years they they have to get married on film, um, because they kind of come back and make make a film every few years. And there's a sweet bit at the end where he starts to sing the "I Want to Grow Old with You" song from the wedding singer, and Drew Barrymore looks like she's about to cry. Oh, it's adorable. I love Drew Barrymore. You know what makes me cry? Most of Adam Sandler's career. Well, that's me done. Hey, only another hour long recording. <laughs> Woo! Well, we will be back in two weeks' time. Jessica will have her headset. Yeah, I will, it's so exciting. I know, and then we're going to look like absolute nerds, but the best thing is Jessica will look as nerdy as I have for the last few episodes. So thank you very much for listening. Ciao. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stop trying to make fetch happen. To find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at raisingjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to Rosie and Jessica at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter, The Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon!